You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, hell, Billy Bradley, we are back in NASCAR heaven, my friend. We have raced two races since we last talked together. Billy Bradley, we had a, a fantastic race on Sunday. We had a great race on Wednesday night. But I want to start off the podcast right now. Let's talk to Rob Loeb. Rob, we talked last week when we Hello. had the podcast about how weird and odd and goofy it might be with everything going on and the new protocols and that sort of thing. Rob, what, what were some of the major differences or the major challenges that, that you and the teams faced when they went into the garage under uh, COVID-19 protocols? Well, um, it was, it's – it was obviously very different for both races. I mean, NASCAR's got it. NASCAR has done a fantastic job of putting everything together, of thinking everything through. Um, they've got staggered times for the teams to come in. You're coming in four, you know, four teams at a time. Uh, you're getting your car off and you're getting in line for tech. You're social distancing. You know, you're keeping space in between the cars. You, you're not walking around socializing. You're not gathering in big groups. You're basically staying with your team. Um, there's no, there's nobody else there. They even have us parking like by team. Like the six car has like a, an area of like let's say a dozen spots, you know, parking spots, and that's where the six car parks. And the seventeen car, you like they're just they're yeah. trying to keep everybody as compartmentalized as they can. And um, Sunday, you know, obviously Sunday when we went, it was it was really strange, really weird. You know, you walk in, it's very quiet, it's eerily quiet, it's eerily empty. Um, you, you you go through tech, you pass tech, you go out on the grid, and then you go racing. And to be honest with you, I mean, it was the whole process of it. I mean, was you know, you were aware of everything was going on, but once the race started. It was, and, and to use last to use last week's thing, it was business as usual. I mean, once the race started, I couldn't have told you if there was fans in the stands or not. Hmm. <laughs> you know, except except for, and obviously except for when things would happen. Like sometimes you can hear the roar of the crowd. Yeah. You know, react to things on the racetrack and stuff like that. I, I mean, obviously there was none of that. Hmm. And uh, I I heard Kevin Harvick's interview was really strange and really weird because he got out of the car <laughs> when he won and it was quiet no yeah. tears no booze no nothing it was just you know like you're standing in a high school auditorium giving a speech or something you know uh but i haven't seen the interview but and then when we came in wednesday yesterday um obviously everybody you know we were supposed to go off at seven thirty. they moved everything up to six o'clock because they were worried about weather and as it, and to be quite honest with you it didn't look good for yesterday at all I mean, the radar looked terrible. The forecast looked terrible. We figured, all right, we're going to go down here. We're going to get the things through tech. You know, Xfinity was already through tech. So, you know, you could come in and race Thursday, you know, today, and you could knock the shows out because you wouldn't have to worry about tech and cars. You wouldn't have to worry about everything because it was already done. Well, as luck would have it, we ended up getting on the racetrack right around our original start time, 730-ish. And we almost got the whole race in. Yeah. You know, we were what twenty laps, twenty laps 20 away laps from the, from the whole race. Yeah. So you know, it was a, and I thought it was a, it was a neat show. You know, um, uh, we NASCAR didn't change much, and the one thing I want to point out 
and not to go off on a tangent or anything, but the one thing I want to point out is just just seeing some stuff on social media about the you know this 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 that why is this why is that why can't you do this why can't you do that the undertaking that is taking place as far as putting these races on in the time period you're doing it and how you're doing it is massive. Yeah. yeah. Massive. And, I mean, it has to work. You know, NASCAR's trying to keep one series at the racetrack at a time, not having a bunch of people there. Uh, you know, you've got the, the TV concerns because it takes the TV people two days to set up. To set everything up, cameras and cables and microphones and all that stuff. It's two days worth of work. Yeah. So, uh, but I will say this, not having fans in the stands gives you a little more flexibility as yeah. far as time. Yeah. Well, that's so, interesting. Um, I, I would have, uh, it's interesting to hear you say that once the race started, you didn't know there weren't fans in the stands until, you know, something big happened and you realized that there wasn't, you know, any noise up there. Um, and, and I guess, that, I, I guess that's, I, I don't know what I expected, but uh, that, that, I guess that makes sense to me. And, and I know that, you know, you used to run, you used to have to run traffic around the 88 car because so many people were, were in the damn pits and, you know, trying to get up close to it and that sort of thing. The last thing you wanted was somebody to, you know, touch it or put a hole in it or dent it or something like that. And, and you know, so I would imagine that it streamlined things, you know, especially for, you know, the, the more popular areas and that sort of stuff. But, uh, Billy, from, yeah. from a race fan, a fan standpoint, uh, the only thing I saw that was different was uh, when Kevin Harvick got out of the car before his – you know, and it's like nothing was happening. It was it was weird, but I didn't give a damn about any about no fans being there. Did you, Billy? No, in all reality, I did not give one shit about the. Like, I didn't even pay attention to it. You know, I mean, it's it's great to have racing back on the television and to have it twice in a matter of just a few days, less than a week. Damn, it's a race fan's dream. It's a race fan's dream. I I, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it from. Uh, um, a standpoint of, of being at home and watching race. That's what most people, I mean, there's 40, 50,000 people to track and there's, you know, uh, millions of people watching at home. So it, I, it's just a normal race for, for everybody else, except for the people who had tickets to the races that got canceled right. and, and that sort of thing. Um, I do want to bring up Billy, um, the differences between the two races. Okay. Sunday's race, I thought was from a, from a classic NASCAR fan's point of view, was an excellent race. It wasn't super flashy. There was a lot of cautions, but it wasn't super flashy. There wasn't, you know, a bunch of weird crap going on or that sort of thing. It was a great race from a strategy standpoint. From a, a, a There was action on restarts and, and all those sorts of things. And I thought true NASCAR fans that have been following the sport more than a couple years probably love that race. I don't think it resonated well with a bunch of people who are watching it because nothing else was on TV. Um, and if you look at race two, Billy Brandon, the one we had on Wednesday night, it was much, much shorter. There, Everybody had to get to the front quick. There were wrecks. There was people flipping each other off. There was, I mean, for uh, almost all night, or excuse me, all night last night after the race and up until about 10 o'clock this morning, Kyle Busch was trending number one in the United States uh, for, for wrecking baby Jesus. I, and, and I think if, if race two would have happened first, 
I think we would have seen a lot more people, um, you know, watching the Wednesday race. But I just now, literally, um, while we were talking here, we're recording this Thursday afternoon uh, while the Xfinity race is going on. But I just got numbers in on the TV viewership. And I'm surprised, Billy Bradley, because Wednesday night's cup race on FS1 had two. 0.087 million viewers on Sunday. You know, we we talked about it. Uh, Jimmy Wags talked about it uh, when he did the podcast on on Monday. But Sunday's race had 6.3 million viewers. And but 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 before we go down, there's four million people less. I, it was the third biggest um, show on cable. Um, and and in the demographic, it was the second biggest. That in the demographic that we all want, you know. Uh, 29 to to 54. So it, I, I, and I'm not saying that um, we lost fans on Sunday because I don't believe that's the case. I think it's a Wednesday night from race. Sunday. And, and from Sunday, yeah, I don't think we lost fans from Sunday. I think it was a, it's the first time, uh, you know, we've we've had, we've raced on prime time on on a Wednesday, and but I think true NASCAR fans absolutely loved it. Billy Bradley, I'm going to tell you something right now. I wish we only ran. Three races, 500 miles. That's it. I, I, we only need we need um, the Coca-Cola 600. Oh, he said it's a 600-mile race. Um, I wouldn't mind. I mean, Darlington at 500 miles is a hell of a testament. But, but, but Billy, a 300-mile race is the perfect sweet spot for most people, especially on a Wednesday night. I thought the race, because it was shorter, was a fantastic race, and I thought it was a better race from an action standpoint on Sunday. And I think if we're going to move in the future, having a, a Sunday race at the 400-mile race or the occasional five or 600-mile race, I think they should be 400 miles on Sunday, and I think they should be no more than 300 miles on Wednesday if we're going to do these two times a week. But I thought the second race was better from because it was shorter, Billy. Am I crazy? What did you think about that? I know you're a NASCAR purist, and you may you may hate that, but what did you think about the 300 mile race versus the 400 mile race? I'm okay with it. Like you said, it's the sweet spot for the sport because you put in an extra hundred laps. You know, are, are you going to find something you need to do? Me myself, I went to bed, but I got up early three o'clock this morning and finished the the race. I was hoping to see Clint Boyer finish the third fucking stage out with the win, but he did the Clint Boyer thing and screwed it up. But anyway, let me get back to that. 300 miles is a sweet spot to it. I thought it was a good good length, Rob, as for a guy in the garage. I mean, I guess guess the – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess you're looking at – you got across the finish line – you got to cross the finish line. You're, you're racing. You're racing a track. You're racing a team. It, does it really matter from from your standpoint for race 300 or 500 miles, Rob? Um, I mean, from a, obviously from a workload standpoint, I mean, yeah, it matters. It, you, uh, and 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 I'll just just from my perspective, the tire perspective, uh, we had 12 sets of tires for Sunday, and we had nine sets of tires for Wednesday. And I kind of agree with you guys that 300 miles is a good thing because you got to go a little quicker. You know, it's yeah. not – it's a little bit less of a, a test of endurance. It's, you know, we got to go. And Darlington was a great place to do that because it's a, it's a tough track to drive, top, top to bottom. 
Uh, it is it's hard on tires. Yeah. And you can get yourself you can you know you can put yourself in a position because some of the teams last night I mean they had they had rolled through all their stickers. Yeah. And had scuffs on the wall because you, because they had pitted you know so much to keep fresh tires on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it a shorter race definitely lends itself to more action. Um, uh, some pit strategy. Uh, it, it's it's I I think from if we're going to do midweek stuff, it doesn't need to be 500 miles for sure. Yeah, you know a 300 mile race midweek it would be would be a great thing. I think there's I think there's some promise there. I really do. Yeah, well, um, I don't know if it. it'll work. Like well, here's and here's and we've got two coming up, and I know we're going to get to it. We've got the 600, which is a traditional race, and we're running it on the day we're supposed to run it on here in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, obviously, no practice. Just, uh, just we're going to qualify the cars and we're going to race them. But then again, Wednesday we're coming back for another 300, what 312 miles or something like that. I yeah. think it'll be interesting to see how that mile and a half, how it, how it takes to that mile and a half. Yeah. Because the 600, especially after running the 600, which is just a test of endurance and patience and working on your car and getting it right for the end and, you know, staying out of trouble for a long period of time, where come 300 miles three days later, it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And, and I, not you know, we'll to put we'll in the fact mile and a half. that these guys just came off of uh, Darlington two races back-to-back, you know, one of the tr- – tracks that's supposed the drivers talk about it being so hard on them you know just beating around and here they're going to charlotte sunday to do 600 miles i mean it's amazing well i i I gotta put it it's pretty big yeah it based on the and listen we're all learning as we're as we're as we're moving forward and i think i think we can all agree that the 300 mile race on a wednesday night is a good amount of uh, on a mile and a half. I think it's a. I think it's a great. I thought it was fantastic. I, I'm and it was like it's perfect, you know. And yeah. it, well, they had rain in the area. It was raining before, and it was rained after. There was a, a enough time window to at least. Get, we even talked about it in our group text. I, I think we're racing to a halfway point, and yeah. that was the perfect amount of time to. You know, if we've been 500 miles. Would we have got halfway to to call the race complete? Maybe, well, maybe not. Yeah, it would have been close. But the fact of the matter is, Billy, is that we got almost all of it, all but twenty laps in. And I would have loved to have seen those last twenty laps. But the fact of the matter is, um, when Ryan Newman came out there, it didn't come, it didn't come in and take the tires, and they took that chance. The rain was coming. <laughs> I mean, that was everybody knew we were racing the rain. Uh, we we weren't racing necessarily anything but the damn rain, and so uh, I thought the, uh, just the fact that the rain was there and it provided us a hell of a finish. Um, regardless, I'm I'm not worried about. It. I thought it was fantastic. I'm I'm certain I, in my head, Billy. I see I see NASCAR still getting 36 races in, but I see them doing it in 26 weeks moving forward. I, I think they got to figure out how to. I think they got to figure out how to how to do some double headers and or, or get some some midweek races in, especially where it's e- it's easier to drive. Here's go back and forth. And the ideal setup for this midweek: the the West Coast swing. You go out right Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. Bam, that 
days. Well, and here again, it goes back to the other thing is, is the logistics part of it is TV needs two days to set up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, 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 you could you could probably do that, but you would it would be you want to talk about if you had any bit of weather you'd be you're you're in trouble. Yeah, right. You're in trouble. Yeah, that's well, the only well, downside of trying to race. That's the only downside of trying to race three different racetracks in three different states. I mean, I get it, man. That's I mean that's and that's exciting. Yeah, you know that's an exciting thought. In eight days, you run the three racetracks out. You know the three racetracks in the in the southwest. That would be quite. A, that would be really cool to do, but the logistics would have. You could not have a hiccup one. Yeah, it, it's it really cool. It out, you know, if it works, and it's absolute a nightmare if it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it'd be yeah. one of those things. Uh, there's no no in between. What I thought was uh, unbelievably interesting is on the first race on Sunday. You had Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick, Matt Kenseth. You had five Chevrolets in the top ten. Let's go back to the 300-mile race on Wednesday, and you've got old man Jimmy Johnson as the lone Chevrolet up there in the top ten. Now, um, somebody's got some feedback there. Did y'all hear that? I hear it. Yeah. No, it may be me. I'm driving. I mean, I didn't uh... Okay, it, anything, though. yeah, it, it's probably you, Billy. Uh, it, it's it's gone away all of a sudden. I don't know what happened there, but uh, let me pick it back up right here. Twenty fifty, but Billy, there was only one Chevrolet, Jimmy Johnson, in the top ten on the second race, and it's not like those guys forgot how to forgot how to race, but all of a sudden the Fords. Who weren't doing anything hardly on on Sunday. I mean, they they got up there in a hurry. Matt Benedetto got his uh, a ninth place. Eric Almarola got a tenth place. Joey Logano got sixth place. The fact of the matter is, uh, Clint Boyer was up at front, and if it wasn't for you know <laughs> late race um, uh, issues again for that 14 team, uh, they they're up there in the top ten. So it's it's very interesting to me, Billy, that we've got five Chevys in the top 10 on the first race, one Chevy in the top 10 on the second race. And I, I don't know what to make of it, to be quite honest with you, because it all seemed to be pretty even. Now, Rob Lopes, I, I know rain, you know, racing the rain and that sort of thing came into play, but is there, do you have any explanation for why all of a sudden the Fords figured it out over the course of three days and, and the Chevys didn't, or did it just happen that way? Well, I mean, a Ford did win the race Sunday. That's true. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, Ford and, you know, Kevin Harvick and, still and, was able. And, like, in a very – and and dare I say it in a dominating fashion because that four was lightning. That's true. All day. It, it, was, it was absolutely and, dumb. Man, they, they should put traction compound on the bottom of Darlington. And I'm thinking to myself, is that every <laughs> – why do we have to mess with something all the time? Yeah. Darlington is a great racetrack as it is. And if you watch what these cats are doing, there's dudes making passes in one and two that are damn near on the apron or crossing the apron at the exit of two. Because yeah. they get down on the flat and then come back up. There's, you know, there's passing at the bottom, yes. Is the top preferred? Absolutely. But like you said, Billy, the bottom is preferred to Martinsville. And every once in a while, cats will get around the outside of Martinsville. It depends on your car. 
we don't need to have traction compound everywhere just so you can, oh, we need two lanes of racing everywhere, so we're going to use traction compound. No. Yeah. Let the racetrack uh, yeah. work the racetrack the way it works. Are some of the tracks, does it, does it help to have traction compound in some of these racetracks? Yes. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use it, but we don't have to use it everywhere, now, let, Except, let me especially in a place like Darlington. Now, let me say this right now. Anybody who wants uh, traction compound at Darlington's a dumb son of a bitch. At Darlington's a 1.36 mile track. It does not need Correct. any. Uh, Jesus, put all the traction compound on the planet at Texas, for Christ's sakes. We don't need to do anything to Darlington whatsoever. And before we move on uh, from the from the, the the first race, second race thing, I I, I will say that on in the first race, Billy, 12th through 18th was all fours. You got 11, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 were all Fords. So uh, nine of the top 20 w- uh, w- were Fords. And so, uh, you know, the, it, uh, two or three spots uh, for those guys. And all of a sudden you got – that's where Ford made the – I mean, so Ford wasn't behind, don't get me wrong. It just seems weird that the Chevys, you know, fell out like that. But, you know, we talk about Darlington and why it's so special and that sort of thing. A lot of talk has been coming up. Uh, Billy, about having a choose lane like they do every Friday and Saturday night at short tracks uh, with, with late model modifies or something like that. And, and Rob, I want to ask you here, I don't know that we've ever, I don't remember in NASCAR ever having a choose lane, you know, that sort of thing. But does a choose lane make sense for a place like Martinsville, for a place like Atlanta or, or, or even Bristol or, or Darlington? Does, does anything like that make sense to you? Um, I think at some of these racetracks, it would be really cool to do, especially I don't think I would do it for the longer races. Yeah. But for, like, the midweek show, like, a prime example, last night, I think for the midweek show, the shorter race, I think it would be a neat addition at some racetracks. Not every week, but a place like Darlington where the top is preferred, maybe a place like Martinsville where the bottom is preferred, and everybody says, well, I'm going to go to the top. Well, you're going to have guys that are going to be like, well, I'm seventh or eighth, and I'm at the top. Well, the guy in ninth might go, man, I'll take my, you know, or I'm on the bottom. I might take my chances and go up front here and start outside next to the leader and see if I can't root my way in there. You know, it, I mean, it, 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 would, add, it would definitely add a, another wrinkle to things because at some point, you know, you're not going to line up 40 cars nose to tail just yeah. so you can start on the bottom. You're yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. would it shake some things up? Yes. I don't think it's. I don't think it would be a an every week thing. I don't think it would be the thing to do for your for the longer races, like on the Sunday. But like a right here again, Darlington last night. It would be neat. It'd be yeah. neat to see what it would do. Martinsville midweek, you know, for three hundred laps or whatever, or two yeah. two hundred fifty laps or whatever. That would be cool. You know what? You know, just really, something to shake things up. Why not? In, in 2014, Billy, I went to my first Martinsville race, and I will never forget it. Dale Jr. was stuck on the outside late in the race with, um, I don't know, probably 30 laps left. Um, they had just went out, maybe run six laps, and then we, there was a caution. Dale Jr. comes in. There was three cars that come in, Billy. Dale Jr. was the second of three cars that, that, uh, that came in. They go back out, and I'll be damned if they didn't they, – they, they lost a fucking spot on pit road and ended up on the outside anyways. And all they had to do was drive through the stupid 
They had six lap tires. All they had to do is drive through the damn pit road, get back out, and he'd been on the on the inside lane, Billy. And 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 I was like, why? It's such an advantage at two or three tracks. I wouldn't mind seeing a choose lane on a Wednesday night short race in the third stage only. You know, something. I mean, I love the inverse. Oh, they, oh there I you go. That was fantastic. But in the last stage, any caution, you got to choose lane. I think that adds a little flair to it. I think it um, it gives people a setup or some drama. And I'm going to tell you something. Now all of a sudden, you're taking a, a NASCAR race, and you're you're not really butchering it to something that is not NASCAR anymore. These are the grassroots of racing. But you do something right. like that. And some people might call it gimmicky. Not to yeah. interrupt you, Dan, but some people might call it gimmicky. But you know what? For right now, yeah. Especially since we're since we're dabbling in midweek shows. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe Billy, maybe throw that maybe throw that little thing in there and like you said, give it that short track grassroots home yeah. track stuff. Yep. You know, give it, it just, that feel. Why not? I think it would be fantastic, Billy. This is the first time we've seen the invert um, in a in a race in a very 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 long time. What did you think about the invert going from the first race to the second race, Billy? I think we need to do it every week. I think we go on with last Sunday's Charlotte race, 600. I understand we're going to qualify, and I think we should for that race. You know, that race and maybe Daytona and a couple other ones that really, you know, have that sentimental favorite feeling to us. But I loved it. I thought it was a great. Billy, the race was two hours and 25 minutes long. We we missed the last 20 laps, so to say is a you know who knows what would happen in the last 20 laps, but in my opinion, it would have been a Wednesday race. It'd have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, it would have been fantastic. If you do a Wednesday race, you don't qualify, you don't practice, you go straight there, you invert the field from the Sunday race, and you move forward. You save time. It's a prime time. Everybody's got to get up and go to work. Hopefully, every American will get up and go to work soon. But I think it's absolutely yeah. a necessity for a Wednesday night race to invert the field and go because it, it provided – that's another reason why I thought the Wednesday night race was a little bit better because you had Harvick starting 20th. You had all those guys that were, you know, that were fast and proved they were fast working up through the field. I thought it was very good. Like For Pete's sake, on the second race on Wednesday – Jimmy Johnson started 37 and finished ninth. So there's obviously on a track like that, you can move from the back to the front. It takes a while, but I thought it was a, a, a an unbelievably benefit for us racing fans to sit and watch at home. I'd like to see more of it, quite frankly. And I, I, I I've always hated all-star format because they always do the goofiest shit that made no sense to me whatsoever. Like you could come down pit road with absolutely no, no pit road speed, no speed limit, whatever. That doesn't make sense to me, but inverting the field makes perfect sense. I thought what NASCAR pulled off on Sunday and Wednesday was nothing short of a miracle. The fact that it went as well as it did, I think they all deserve uh, between the NASCAR executives, the TV people, uh, Jeff Gordon, Mike Joy did fantastic for not being there. I just all the teams cooperating, everything. I thought it couldn't have gone any better personally from my standpoint. Billy, what did you see anything at all that you didn't like other than there was nobody to cheer or, or boo? Let's talk about this right here while we get here. Um, nobody was there to boo the shit out of Kyle Busch. And, um, Billy, I really – we missed that moment. I, 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 the only thing I covet is being able to watch uh, people melt down 
in front of Kyle Bush, and we missed it, Billy Bradley. I know you have some. You, I think you said something in our group chat. I can't remember the exact words you said, but I don't think you're very happy with Chase Elliott. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a hundred percent not happy with Chase Elliott. Like you know, you know he he his crew chief went to directly to Kyle Bush after the race was over. Now I didn't see the ending of it, but I just saw the highlights and. I saw a picture of Alan Gustafson standing on the side of pit wall, looking at Kyle Busch, waiting for him to get out of his car. And he goes to Kyle Busch and tells, and you can pick it up on the the sound system. It says, uh, "You tore my fucking car up." What yeah. Chase Elliott does? What's he do? He just gives him the bird, you know. And I know Chase Elliott would have probably gotten fined had he done something even went up to Kyle Busch after the race. But at what point do you stand up for yourself? Billy, let me tell you what, what I would have loved to have seen, only because I, I, I'd love to see baby Jesus step in shit. I would have loved for baby Jesus to lose his fucking mind and, and run up to Kyle Busch and try to do something stupid and see a big melee, because I'd like to see NASCAR – I honestly would like to see if NASCAR has the balls to find or sit down uh, Chase Elliott and, and, and let him not race in a pandemic. I, I really would. I, I, I wanted that to happen purely from a drama standpoint. But fact of the matter is, I don't believe that Kevin Harvick, or excuse me, I, I don't believe that Ryan, shit, Kyle Busch had any any intent to do it. Kevin Harvick said from his feet and from his uh, a seat from right behind it. He didn't think that that Kyle Busch meant it. It doesn't make the nine team feel any better. I mean, they were running well. They had an opportunity to chase down the eleven, and by God, they. I mean, Billy. They. I mean, it was going to be close. Let's put it that way. They were going to be racing for the checker flag right then and there. I, Chase Elliott's a big old pussy. I mean, let's not let's not mince words here. He. He had his opportunity to do something to Denny Hamlin, and he just jumped out. You wrecked me, Denny. You wrecked me. I mean, that guy ain't got no fight in him. I don't know if fighting is his thing or whatever, but, I, I mean, Kyle Busch feels bad about it. He's going to apologize, but you think Kyle Busch is worried about getting his ass beat by Chase Elliott? No. I don't think he is either. I don't think anybody in the garage is worried about that. Alan Gustafson is going to go talk to Kyle Busch. I thought it was probably, in my opinion, uh, the dumbest thing for Alan Gustafson to do right then and there, uh, because now everybody's w- right, wrong, or indifferent. Everybody sees um, Daddy going over there to handle a driver's business, and and I it, whether that was the intent or not, it doesn't matter. Chase Elliott still looks like a big pussy, and it would have been yeah, better I, if he had just waited and talked to him. Go ahead. I guess that's what made it seem worse to me is seeing the crew chief wait on Kyle Busch. Like, Alan Gustafson could have been on his way home. They were out of the race. And he waited on him to park his car and come talk to him. And where did Chase go? Was he on his way to Dawsonville? <laughs> He's probably flying his plane back home. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, Alan Gustafson and, um, and Kyle, they've got some history. Uh, they've worked together before and that sort of thing. I just thought Alan Gustafson, I mean, he kind of stepped on his peckers. I think Alan Gustafson, in my opinion, Alan Gustafson's got to be smarter than that. And 
not go down there and knowing the camera is right behind them, Billy Bradley, knowing that, you know, NASCAR was sending security down there. I mean, I just think that's a bad look for his driver. I didn't, I didn't think it was smart at all. Uh, Rob Lopes, you got any comments on, on, on the events that took place there? Or are you just hearing about them or, or what do you think? No, I mean, I, I, I saw what went on and, you know, I, and I saw the replay, you know, because Acosta came out and all that, you know, and it's time to get some things done. And I was like, what's Acosta for? And I saw, that, you know, the 18, it clipped the nine. But, my, you know, they're both very good drivers. And the thing of it is, is, and this is just my opinion, and I could be all wet and people might go, oh, you're biased or this or that, or, you know, who knows, or they might not say anything. But it, it, Kyle Busch is a good enough driver that if he wanted to wreck you on purpose, he would. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. And you would know, and you would know it was on purpose. He would wreck you. It looked like he because tr- he was racing Harvick, and he tried to stuff it in there, and he misjudged it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And, and wait, that's what and he, he said. And he, hooked, and, and, and he hooked the nine, and it and it ended the nine's ninth. You know yeah. what? Those things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Not all. The time. Well, all the time. You know that yeah. those little racing incidents happen. Did it? It, it, was it a big deal? It was Chase Elliott, and it was uh, and it was toward the front of the field. Yes, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's a big deal with any of the big names. You know what I mean? Yeah. When one big name well, gets to another that. one, it, it it's a big deal. But yeah. it, it, the fact that Kyle was like, "Look, man, you know," and and he and he Allen went down there because somebody's going to go talk to somebody. Yeah. In a situation like that, somebody's going to talk to somebody, and I'll say that is. There's in years past, and as some know, I mean, I worked on the 29 with Harvick, you know, years ago, and it seemed like there for a while we fought with everybody in the damn garage. Mm-hmm. We were always going to visit somebody, or somebody yeah. was coming to visit us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and and you know, things happen, and NASCAR's kind of put a clamp on the team guys, and. Th- there's and not to get off on a tangent on anything, but mm-hmm. there there was a discussion. Is like you know why do the team guys get involved? Because a lot of the times the team guys get involved. One is because their blood, sweat, and tears are in that race car. Yeah. And our money, our bonuses, and our money and our jobs depend on how that race car finishes. Yeah. And in in other cases that people don't think about is you Harvick got Harvick got uh, parked in a cup race for something he did in a truck race. Well, under these formats now, that happens, you're out. Yeah. You don't get to play in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of times the team guys will get involved and stay in the middle of it so the drivers don't do anything stupid to each other to end their season. Yeah. Now, tempers are heated. You know, there's a lot of emotion. There's this, there's that. You know, that, that's part of the game. And and that and that exists in every sport, baseball, football, hockey. It, it exists. So they put a clamp on that. But somebody was going to go talk to somebody the other night, you know, last night. Yeah. Whether it was Chase and 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 I kind of agree with Billy. Why why wasn't it Chase? Was there yeah. what was the reason? And who knows? That could have been Allen's direction. Yeah. Saying I'll go handle it. You go back to your bus. You do whatever. I'll handle this. Mm-hmm. Just for that same reason, because you don't need two drivers getting in each other's face and having something go sideways. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So it, it, it could have been Allen going down there, could have been the lesser of two evils, Allen going, okay, I've got my emotions in check, I'm just going to go speak to this dude, whereas Chase might be, you know, things can get heated in a hurry. You never know. You've seen, sure. you've seen the way things happen on pit road. Yeah. So it, it could have been one of those things. You know, you're just trying to protect your driver and protect your situation. So, yeah. anyway, I'm sorry well, I went off on a tangent there, but, you know. No, that's all right. I, it, in fact, the matter is, anybody who was watching it that saw the one-finger salute uh, loved it. It was fantastic. The crowd would have – Billy, can you imagine what the crowd would have done oh. there in, in Darlington, South Carolina, with baby Jesus flipping off? Um, it would have been deafening. It, it would have been it absolutely it would, have been would have been deafening. You would have been able to hear it through your your headphones and your earplugs, and and that's the oh, only thing that we missed from a fan standpoint, Billy. Of, of both races, that's the only thing we really missed. It would have been nice to hear you know Kevin Harvick getting cheers when he won the race. It would have been nice to hear you know Denny Hamlin getting cheers. It would have been nice to hear Kyle Busch get booed and and all the cheers was. Chase Elliott, but the fact of the matter, both team, both races were fantastic. They were fun to watch. They were educational yeah. for all the new fans that tuned in. I'm so glad NASCAR is back. And Billy Bradley, we are going right back to the Coca-Cola. Hey, Dan, hold on real thing. quick. Yeah. Hold on just a second before you, like, you know, we never even mentioned this, you know, and look what Kevin Harvick lost out to celebrate with his fans because that was a huge win for him, fiftieth win. win. Yeah, and that that's huge. Yeah. So he he missed, he got the. I mean, granted, he still got to do his victory lane, but I am sure deep down he would love to have been celebrating with his fans right there at that point because you know Darlington and his team and his team. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Darlington well, I, is. Monument. Everybody wants to win that in Charlotte. Like that, that Charlotte and the Daytona 500 are the three races you hear most drivers talk about. They're crown jewels of NASCAR, no doubt. I tweeted after the race on Sunday that to to know if, if you were a fan just tuning in to NASCAR on Sunday after the pandemic going on, and then you find all of a sudden, I mean, we saw this, but the 2014 rain delayed Daytona 500 with Dale Jr. Uh, oddly enough, Dale Jr. picked up new fans because a lot of people on the West Coast saw it because it was rain delayed. But the fact of the matter is, all these new fans saw Kevin Harvick win. What what do new fans of any sport want to do? They, they want to pick a winner. Well, Kevin Harvick wins. Oh, by the way, he got 50 wins. That's kind of a big deal. And oh, by the way, he got his start because um, unfortunately the most famous NASCAR driver of all time, Dale Earnhardt, died, and they needed a replacement yeah. driver, and they put this guy in it. And, oh, by the way, he's a champion with 50 wins. And, I mean, you've got a legend that just got not only a crown jewel but a big 5-0 in the win column, Billy. It's monumental, and I'm not a fan of Kevin Harvick by any stretch of imagination. I respect I agree. the hell out of what he's done. I, I respect his career. He's absolutely a legend, and it, and that was a little bit of a downer that, that that all happened and his fans weren't there to track to see it and that sort of thing. But I, the story is, is amazing. It, it was fantastic, and I'm, I'm super glad that he got 50 at Darlington. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect thing for him. We're moving on to the uh, Charlotte uh, Coca-Cola 600. 
it's going to be the most grueling race after a pretty grueling week, uh, Rob Lopes. And you guys are actually going yeah. to qualify here going uh, when you go here. What is the – I mean, are you? I would assume that this is going to be a little bit more business as usual as you're going to do an actual qualifying session. You're in Charlotte, you know, that sort of thing. Um, tires, as we know, at, at Charlotte. I mean, it's it used to be a big – it's still an endurance race, but, you know, we saw Dale Jr. lose – oh, God, I'll be sick in my stomach thinking about this, Billy, but we all he needed was a was a, was a a Mountain Dew can full of fuel to get that 600 victory. He he missed it, but Rob Lopes, you're getting ready to do your third race here in, in seven days. Are you guys ready to go up there and get it at 600 laps? Yes, uh, and, and, you know, it, it – I'm glad you brought that up because, and this is something I wanted to touch on, um, the race teams are working their asses off. And, I, and, and, and I'm not telling, and this is the other thing I wanted to touch on, when I said, you know, hey, it takes TV, you know, the logistics of all this, it takes TV two days to set up. Well, you've got all that equipment that NASCAR has to move to. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the optical standing, scanning station, you know, you just don't, that's not like plugging in a damn computer monitor. I mean, there's a lot that has to go with that. You have to get all your stuff set up there. NASCAR has a lot of work to do, and their officials and the executives there have done a fantastic job. The planning has taken a lot of thought, and they are, you know, they're hit, they are hitting on every little detail, and they're thinking of all these things, and they're covering their bases, and, think, and they're making it work smooth. And it looks, from, from a competitor standpoint, being that there's no fans there, it is a, it is a very smooth thing, believe it or not, as, as different as it is for us. Now, moving on to Charlotte for the 600. Yes, we're going to go Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think well, you, done hit, you done hit a nerve, Rob Lopes. You brought it up about the TV thing. <laughs> taking so much time, and I would agree with you that the, the Fox put up, put up a lot of work. But I have a question about this, and I'm pretty sure there's some big names in NASCAR that may catch wind of this podcast. But why in the hell... Can MRN take their entire crew to cover the race on Sunday? You know, you had two pit reporters down there, and Fox can't eat. Fox has Jamie Little, Jamie McMurray, and all of these guys, Bob Parker, that can do this, but yet they're going to have the MRN radio crew down there instead of the Fox crew. That struck a nerve to me on Sunday. Okay. You're just so you're just to get you up to speed on this. You're talking to the tire guy from the six, not one of the executives from NASCAR. I don't know. <laughs> no, I said listen to it. Okay. I all I, all I'm saying is, out. I I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from a logistic standpoint of it. It takes TV. There's miles right, right. of cable and wires and stuff, and that's what I'm talking about. Just the logistics of having this stuff set up so they can broadcast this race. From an MRN standpoint, I don't know why there's more MRN people in the garage area than there are the TV people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I sure there's some good reason somewhere. I don't know what it is, but I know everybody is working their butts off to make this happen yeah. and to put on good shows from Sunday. Like, like, and here's a prime example. And like you said earlier, Dan, we're – the, we're recording this while the Xfinity race is going on in Darlington. They were supposed to race on Tuesday. They're racing on Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Cup guys, we're, we're going to be in Charlotte on Sunday. We're going to race the 600. We're going to qualify. We're going to race. Then Monday, the trucks are running Charlotte. K 
Tuesday, the Xfinity cars are running Charlotte. Wednesday, we're running another midweek show. And then, where the hell are we going? Bristol or something like that, right? The following Sunday? Don't yeah. even get me started right? on Bristol. Yep. They don't yep. me off. Listen, man, Bristol. listen. I, I, I'm sorry that there's these trigger words like TV and Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. That you're just going to lose your shit over, but I can't describe it any other way unless I say, yeah, we're going to that speedway that's in the mountains on the other side of the North Carolina border that's close to Billy's house. Yeah. That still would have pissed me off. Them fucking idiots <laughs> up the paint ground down there for a race that, I mean, that's idiotic to do. To, Billy, I don't understand do that either. It? I don't understand that either, by the way. I, I thought that was very interesting, and I'm – it doesn't make any sense to me why. I mean, I guess camping, you can somewhat social distance yourself there, but they're they're asking for a problem is what they're asking for. Exactly. Uh, That's my point. Like, they're, Bristol is a small place. They can't park. Drivers can't park their motorhomes inside the racetrack. Yeah. So what are all those fans going to do? They're going to cover into that one area that you can only hear the track to and expect yeah. to get an autograph and... <laughs> That's right. It pissed me off when I seen that. Billy is full of piss and vinegar. You know what, Billy? I didn't sure. think about that. I really didn't think about that. That yeah. they're opening a campground and they talk. can't go in to watch the race, and they're all going to congregate where we where we enter, probably. And right. they're going to talk shit. They're going to be. They're going. Oh God! Can you believe Kevin Harvick didn't stop and sign my autograph? No, dumbass. You shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's going to be an issue for sure. I, I wish they wouldn't have done it. It makes no sense to me, and I, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling, to be bluntly honest with you. But, hey, we'll see what happens. It has nothing to do with the Speedway. The Speedway's not opening up. I saw Jerry Caldwell. He yeah. said, I can't open up my campgrounds because it costs me people to yep. bring in, puts more people in jeopardy. It's not the Speedway. So, so what, what campgrounds, campgrounds opening in, Billy? I don't, know, I don't know all this. What campgrounds? Right beside the racetrack, Rob. Oh, so it's not it's not a Speedway property, though? No, it's not. It's the big Earhart campground. If you're coming in, it's on the, the uh, right beside of the, the big creek. The one that always floods. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about, so, yeah. but that's not that's not a speedway campground. Correct. It is a different entity, and yeah, they're opening correct. up their campgrounds yeah. so people can come hang out. Yep. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. No, speedway has nothing open, and they did make that very well known that yeah. they would have no workers unless other than what it took to get the race going. Yeah, here we are trying to make sure that we've got, you know, we're keeping everybody safe, the competitors and all this kind of stuff, and we're opening up a – and I get these people, hey, listen, times are tough. If they can make a little bit of money, they're they're going after it. But the fact of the matter is um, I I don't think it's a good idea, and I damn sure won't be camping there. Uh, we got 600 (laughs) miles on Sunday, and, boys, this is one of those races where I, I, I understand why it's important. Um, I strongly dislike it. There is a two-hour period in the middle of this race in which I won't watch anything. And <laughs> to be bluntly honest with you, the only reason I usually watch the beginning of it is because all the pomp and circumstance with the military and their families and all that kind of stuff. I, I like to see that stuff. I don't. I mean, I don't really want to watch a virtual military thing. I just, you know, 
I just don't want to do it. I've got other, I got better shit to do and that sort of thing. I will probably watch more of this 600 than I have of any other 600 just because, hey, it's the third race back. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. dying to see NASCAR, and it's, I would probably watch it. But typically, it's not a race I'm a big fan of. Uh, back in the day when race engines would break down, when, you know, like eight people might have engine trouble or power steering pumps go out or that sort of thing, it was a little bit more fun to watch a 600-mile race. That's why everybody wanted to get in there and do it because it's an Ironman thing. It be, you know, keep the engine tuned and all that stuff for 600 miles. That's a pretty big deal. Um, however, this race has brought us some, some a lot of fun in the past, and we've also seen where, shit, Martin Drake Jr. has won by, like, I don't know, 50 minutes or something, and he finished before everybody else. It's kind of crazy <laughs> out. Sometimes, right. sometimes this thing happens. But um, Rob Lopes, I believe you picked the winner um, as, of Kevin Harvick. And did, did anybody pick Denny Hamlin, by the way? Nope. Uh, I've had, I don't think I had so. Kyle Busch had finished second. Who did you have, Billy? I forget. Brad Kislowski. Uh, Brad and uh, Jimmy Johnson, maybe. That's right. Yeah. So I think I may have been the highest finisher there on um, on last night. But uh, Rob Lopes, you get to pick first, man. Since you were the first one out of the gate, you got the, you got the victory on Sunday. We're going 600 mile race to Charlotte. Uh, your home track there at Charlotte, buddy. Who you got for your winner, and who you got as your dark horse? I got Kevin Harvick as the winner. Okay. Because he I runs good right there. Oh, really? Really? You're going to call a fellow out about riding a train? Is that? <laughs> I mean, I would okay. do the same thing. We'll, dis- we'll, 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 we'll discuss this. We'll discuss this off air because <laughs> you don't even know where I'm headed, but. Um, <laughs> um, dark horse. Heck, I don't even. I gotta try to think of who hasn't won. I mean, there's obviously we've only run a few races, but um, gee whiz, has Truex won this year? No, no. I'll take Truex as my dark horse. Right. Son of a bitch. That's who I was gonna take as my winner, Billy Bradley. Um, son of a biscuit. Okay, so we got. Well, I was uh, gonna take Harvick. That's why I gave him shit about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Billy Bradley, you're up. <laughs> Thanks, Rob Lopes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, man. I will go Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott. Uh, who, who are you picking to wow. win? Wow. Jimmy Johnson. Okay. I think oh, wait. Chase hasn't won yet it. anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. you got. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Neither one of them have won. Jimmy Johnson and uh, Chase the Nine. Boys, I'm going to go – oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to go – I want Joey Logano as my my winner. I want the 22 as my winner. Um, To be bluntly honest with you, my my gut tells me William Byron is ready to do something, but the Fords – Man, the Fords at this race uh, really, really piqued my interest. Um, shit, I'm going to go with the 14. That's probably the kiss of death, but he all of a sudden has found some speed. And if, and, and lately, Billy Bradley, I, that 14 team has stepped on their pecker and had the weirdest shit ever happened to them in the last 
you know, <laughs> the last several races. So I, maybe they're going to turn it around here soon. But I, And, by the way, this week I'm going to do something smart. I'm going to text everybody our damn picks because it's always Sunday night we're texting each other, who'd you pick again, who'd I pick again on this? <laughs> um, but Rob's got uh, the four and the 19. Billy Bradley has a 48 and a nine. I got the 22 and the 14. Uh, boys, it's good to have NASCAR back. It's absolutely for sure wonderful Great, to have NASCAR for sure. back. Um, and, and listen, folks, as we as we work through, you know, social distancing and that sort of thing, it, we have obviously uh, in the state of Texas for sure, um, in Florida and other states, most most other states, we're, we're seeing a flattening of the curve and it's going down. That doesn't mean that we can run out there and do um, anything we want. That sort of thing. Social distancing, hand washing. If we can do those two things, we'll knock down the spread of this thing by um, I, I, hand washing eliminates the spread by 50%. Um, it's something I've read from the CDC today. Also, they say that if uh, the, the the normal COVID virus, if you're not watching social distancing and that sort of thing, um, you're expected to infect up to four people. Well, the flu, you're expected to only infect up to one and what that means is in a 30-day time period that one person if they're infecting four people after after end of 30 days they're going to hit 50,000 fucking people that they're going to have this thing in in front of them because of four times four times four times four if you break it down to one it's right it's, it's no more than the flu so let's keep that in mind as we as we start going out there and we and we do some things i went to a restaurant last saturday i was uncomfortable um, I, I, the, the particular restaurant I went to did not really enforce a lot of the social distancing and that sort of thing. And I was, but but I've talked to many other people who've gone to restaurants and they've they've not had any issues whatsoever. I'm just saying, use some common sense, use your head, do what you feel is is safe, and protect yourselves because when you protect yourselves, you're protecting others. Um, Rob, I know you've had a busy. Hey, Daniel. Day. Yeah, go ahead, Bye. bud. By the way, when we're ending this, uh, you know, we just talked about how Ford, you know, really wasn't doing no good. I think a Ford just won the Xfinity race. <laughs> he yeah. did. Uh, it was, and was, and just so you know, just so you know, Chase Briscoe, and, and I don't want to get, I don't want to throw a bunch yeah. of stuff down, but he's had a hell of a week, and yeah, it hasn't yeah. been a good, in a good way. No, it's been a bad and, week. If you don't know, you can look at his Twitter feed, and it's uh yeah, uh, terrible news coming out of there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he was extremely he was extremely emotional when he got out of the car. Like he, it looked like exactly. he could hardly breathe. Well, I'm gonna go yeah. back and see that for sure. Um, that's that's a good for that young man and his family. That's a, that's a terrible thing to have to go through. Yeah. Um, Rob, get some sleep. Get after it. We're looking forward to a good race on on Sunday, and then we get right back at it again uh, the following week. For uh, Rob Lokes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dado. Let's go Coca-Cola 600 racing, y'all. Let's go. Let's Let's do it. Lots of racing ahead. Let's do it. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. Show me, you say that you're with me, then prove me.
Love me, 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 love me,